One thing there that I think that is a massive advantage of the test, this thing that Anthony is telling about HMR, that is extremely fast because of how it works. And the feedback loop that it enables is pretty amazing to develop. In the same way that when you change, I don't know, you change some colors, you can change it with like the slide and you see it, how it is applied. If you have autosave on in Vite, you can like do that and you will have the same feeling as you have in the DevTools. So for test, this also kind of applies and you will have like the feedback right there. What's going on, party people? Gatsby Conf 2022 is right around the corner and is brought to you by the team at Gatsby, the finest front end for the headless web. The conference is totally free and is totally virtual, so everyone can join. Plus, when you register, you get access to all the conference recordings when they're published. The event is happening March 2nd and March 3rd, and registration is open right now. Check it out at GatsbyConf.com. Here's what to expect. Day one is all about talks. You're going to hear from the Gatsby co-founders and leadership on speed improvements to the build system, incremental architecture, the latest on Gatsby Cloud, of course, some announcements and more. They've also invited a ton of folks from the community to speak. And day one kicks off with Chris Collier on the keynote. Day two is all about workshops. They got more than 10 workshops to attend. And the next step is to head to GatsbyConf.com to learn more and register. Again, GatsbyConf.com. Welcome to JS Party, your weekly celebration of JavaScript and the web. We record live on YouTube Thursdays at 1 p.m. U.S. Eastern. Subscribe to be notified at youtube.com slash changelog and join in on the chatter at jsparty.fm slash community. Special thanks to our partners at Fastly for shipping JS Party super fast all around the world. Check them out for yourself at fastly.com. Okay, let's do this. It's party time, y'all. It is Jared, and I am here for another JS party. You know, we did a show on Vite, and then we decided, hey, Vite, let's talk more about Vite, because, you know, Vite means quick. We want to talk more about Vite, so we're here to talk more about Vite, specifically Vtest and some other cool stuff going on. And my co-host today is Nick Nisi. What's up, Nick? Ahoy, ahoy. How's it going, Jared? It's going very well. So you are you were on the Evan show, and now here you are. So you are our Vite expert at this point. <laughs> Very exciting. Very exciting. Well, maybe not total expert, no. but we brought a couple of <laughs> experts on to talk to us about these things. And we are joined today by Anthony Fu. Welcome, Anthony. Hello. I'm Anthony. Good to have you. You're a core team member of Vue, Nuxt, and Vite, and also the creator of SlideDev and other cool tools. So that's quite a litany of things you're up to. Thanks. And we also have... Matias Capoletto with us. He goes by Patak. You may know him as patak.dev at his website and Patak on Twitter and elsewhere. Welcome to the show. Hey, really nice to be here. Thanks for the invite. Great to have you. You're also a Vite core team member, a Vue team member, and you work at StackBlitz, but you don't work on StackBlitz. Do you want to tell us about that situation? It's pretty cool. Yeah, I joined like a few weeks ago and like I'm working now full time on Vite and the ecosystem. Vite is kind of in the like critical path for Stacklist. They are going to use it a lot. It's pretty cool right, to be able to spend more time in open source now. Yeah, that's really cool. It's a growing trend in our ecosystem. We have full-time open source maintainers sponsored by corporate backers. 
and you are another one out of that list. We were just talking before the show that our friend Zach Leatherman also recently went full-time on his front-end static site generator, 11D, working at Netlify. He already worked at Netlify, but now he's not going to work on Netlify. He's just going to work on 11D full-time, and that's super rad. So congrats to Zach and to 11D, and really to all of us, right? Like when that happens, I feel like the whole community wins. Don't you guys think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So y'all work on view things, Vite things, lots of things. Anthony, you also, just want to embarrass you a little bit, were recently ranked on the State of JS 2021 as a person who people read, follow, or want to highlight for their work. 137 people put your name in. I think it was a write-in, wasn't it? So they actually like had to go out of their way to write their name in, write your name in. How'd that feel? That had to feel pretty good. Yeah, I'm kind of like really like flattered to see this. I totally like unexpected to to see my name there. And yeah, just like, I don't know how to say. I just want to thanks for all the people that are supporting my work and also like put my names inside of the survey. Yeah. That is super cool. And I'll also say to pat our own backs a little bit, JS Party, the second most listened to podcast in the State of JS survey takers up from number four last year. So that's a big win for us. And Anthony, who knows, maybe in 2022, you'll be uh, even topping that list of people that are helping other people out. That would be cool. Wow. But I'm sure just to be mentioned is quite an honor. Yeah, thanks, Ella. All right, so we're going to talk about Vtest. This is a project you all both work on. But first, we'd like to know how you came to be core team members on Vite and all these various Vue and Vite-related projects. We'll start with you, Patak. How did you get involved with these projects? So actually, like Anthony has a lot to do with it because after I was working in a project and starting to contribute to Vue use, that is a project from Anthony. And he was kind of amazing in how he managed uh, open source and contribution. So it kind of like started there and I wanted to like get more involved and involved because there was a very good response from the other side. And I got to contribute a bit to BitPress and then like starting to contribute to Vit when Evan was finishing the Vit 2 version at the beginning of this year, like after a massive sprint that Evan did. Then I, I got involved, at, I think at the right time, like when the Discord was created. So there was a lot of community work to do, to be done. And that I love to do that kind of side of it, like working with the ecosystem to see that like all the integrations are working correctly. So I got more and more involved in, in that regard. And when Evan created the team, then like Anthony me and others were kind of like selected to start like it. Now, now they are, I think, like seven, eight people in the team. That's quite a lot of people. So what is it about Vue, Vite, this ecosystem, this community of people that attracted you in the first place? Like, why are you hanging out with Anthony and Evan? And what is it? Is it the tech? Is it the people? Is it, what attracted you? I think there are several things, like in particular, the Vue community and the, the Vite community now, but also Vitest and they are very collaborative and it's really great to work in these communities. And also like the tech, I like I started getting more involved in Vue because of like Vue 3. There was a lot of like when that was getting finalized, there, there was a lot of very interesting RFC that uh, were being discussed. And like Vue 3 is, is amazing. So it really attracted me that that particular part. And then from there, like, I don't know, like Vite. And there is a lot to say why I was attracted to it. Mm. 
but you're going to hold it back. You're going to make us ask. <laughs> Let's tease that out. Let's go to Anthony. So Anthony, how did you first get involved with Vue and eventually Vite? What attracted you to this community? That's just like enjoying creating apps using Vue. And then like when the, the Vue composition APIs comes out and it's in the RFC phase and people are kind of arguing and like discussing with this. And then like there is a, there is a community plugin called Vue Composition API. I think basically like it, it, it's the plugin that enables composition APIs in Vue 2. So like you can use at that times with that plugins. So then I create Vue use to like adjusting some logic or like common composables to and libraries. So at that time, I can think, okay, this is a good time for people to transcribe, to migrate from Vue 2 and 3. So I would like to make it, the migration easier. So Vue use is like to be being compatible for both Vue 2 and 3. So in Vue 2, it's relying on the plugins I just mentioned about. Uh, sometimes that there's a misalignment in Vue 3 implementations of the composition APIs and the plugin. So I create a pull request to it, but the maintainer seems like not really responsible for, for, for a few weeks or months. So I kind of think maybe maybe I can take that job. So basically, like the work is kind of simple to align the API design with Vue 3. So I create an issue saying that, okay, I'm volunteer to maintain this project and have a some list that I have contributed before. So then Evan comes out, come here and say, okay, that's great. And he gave me the permission to maintain it. Then I become the one of the member of the view team. So yeah, I think that's basically the here and giving this like recognition from from Avon that's like really encouraged me a lot to like do more stuff with the view ecosystems. And also then like about the VIT, I think it's become like a bit uh, natural. Things like mm-hmm. if you build apps and the vid experience is really great. So like we are kind of trying it out and really like it. So getting more involved with the community and then like just becomes the, the team member of it. What strikes me about this, and he's not here so we can talk about him. Last week he was here, so it was harder to say these things, but it seems like Evan's leadership is really on display, how he inspires people to come alongside, work with him, but also like, here's a new idea. Here's a new thing I'm building come build it with me. And then by the way, like here's some ownership in terms of like agency and why don't you like whose idea was VTest and how did that core team or you, you guys tell us who all works on VTest. First, I should say it's a blazing fast unit test framework powered by Vite. So there, (laughs) now we all know what we're talking about, even though the four of us already knew, but now we all know that's what it is. How did you two come to work on that? And whose idea was it? I think this is like comes from a few team meetings. So this is the thing that uh, Vita is kind of lack of to have a better integrations with Jest. So at that time, Jest doesn't provide async transformations and ESM support. So uh, one of the other team members, uh, Sodas, who is working on uh, Jest Vite integrations that's trying to use Vite as a transformer of Vite. But like with the lack of the functionalities, it, it could be like really hard to do it. So in the team meeting of Vite, so like we are trying to discuss like how should we recommend user to use regarding of the testing. So just essentially like duplicate all the plugins, all the, all the configurations you do in Vite. And if like you, you have a custom uh, Vite plugin installed, but like you also need to write the transformations for just in order to have the same behaviors when running the code. 
So as the kind of as the results in the meetings that we can basically like cannot recommend any of the test runners at the current stage for VIT. Mm. So I think the only solution would be like the end-to-end testing libraries, for example, like Cypress or testing runners. But that's not really unit testing. It's like fire up the whole browser and it, it will take a lot of your CI time. So then like Patak comes up with the, the name called VTest. So yeah, Patak, maybe you, you want to talk about a bit how you come up with that name. Excellent name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a strange because like before that team meeting, in this team meeting, normally we are like, uh, it's weekly and we are talking about all the features that we are like accepting or rejecting in, in Vite, like with Evan and the rest of the team. So as Anthony said, like we were discussing this and three, four months before that, I was using the Vitest name. Actually, when I was creating a starters to test things in like PRs or in Vite, I will have in my local like uh, folder, like I will name it Vitest, just because I will say Vite and test and then like mm-hmm. I, I started to collapse it at one point. And then when we were discussing this, I kind of like in the, we had some notes and I put Vitest with a question mark at the end in the meeting and Anthony sees that and in the, in the other chat, he goes like, who wrote Vitest and directly goes and grabs the package name from NPM that was free. Like it was strangely free because like Vit was for a long time there already. And so like the, yeah, the, the team meeting ends, Anthony disappears for like three, four hours and then get back saying, Hey, I have a proof of concept and like it <laughs> starts already, like, please invite me. And I see that like, it was already like kind of running tests and everything doing some very Anthony thing there. <laughs> so in terms of the project itself, right there on the homepage, there's big warning sign. VTest is still in development. It's, it says it's not recommended to migrate your current testing setups yet. You can try it out in new projects if you're willing to get involved and help us. And it looks like you do have a few other people on the team. Shout out to Aslamamad, Vladimir, and Ivan as well there on the homepage. Yeah, and Joaquin also. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, and Joaquin also. Like this another. Oh, and Joaquin, okay. Gotta get Joaquin on the website. I don't see. We need to update it then. <laughs> Very good. So how long y'all been working on this? Sounds like it's ready, sort of, but migration's not currently recommended. What's the situation of the state of the software? I think from the first line, it had been like two and a half a month. So actually like about the implementations, like this idea comes from a long ago that when I was working with Puya, the leader of Nux, to like work with the integrations of Nux to use Vite as the build tools of Nux 3. So the main problem is that when you do the, do the server-side renderings at the dev time, they used to bundle the whole server app and that things use the rollout pipeline, which is kind of inconsistent with the dev env- environment. So Puya comes up with the idea that use Vit as the kind of like the bundler. We call it dev bundlers. We actually mock as a server request to Vit to like transform all the modules individually and then like contracting them into one single files and then like so the node can execute it to render the result. And then like I come up, maybe we can just uh, skip the the IO part. We can just like, after we transpile the modules, we can just execute is- them right away. So I come up with the uh, the project called the Vite node to run, basically like to run some code, uh, some modules with Vite transformations and then running in the node. 
So then it comes to VDS. So then I think, okay, I maybe I I can create a a new test runners based on which. So I use VNode as a foundations and to evaluate the modules. So basically, like it was the initial thing, and then like we put the assertion library tries, and then I think it's called Signal for mocking, and also like the just snapshot the package to mock with the snapshot features from Jest. So basically, like we kind of want to create a one-step test frameworks that I think test runners other than Jest doesn't provide. So for example, like you don't have uh, snapshot features in Mocast or like AVA. So then I put put up the repos and then invite the team member of Vite and Patak with me to like help with the, the first MVP of the test runners. So at some stage, okay, that is the idea really working. So we kind of think, okay, maybe we can open it up for our sponsors to have an early access to our code base. And that kind of being a little bit like sponsor where, but like, so when we reach the a bit less stable part, we open source it. And then like we have, I think currently like we have six team members of it and people like really contribute a lot to this project. So I think at the current stage, I can say that I think the, the experimental stage is, is more like I would like to keep it experimental because like for some like features breaking changes, I would like to make it more well designed. So like I wouldn't be afraid to like, because this is stable and I, I'm afraid to like introducing breaking changes or like the great features would take a long time. So I think the current stage is that we just like want to make it uh, for a while, mm-hmm. for more space for us to to make it better. Yeah, there like something else that is important is that this message kind of target kind of the right crew. Let's say like someone that if they find an issue is willing to go and at least open a proper issue with a reproduction in the repo and maybe even go and dig in the code, get in the community, and like and not exactly like someone that will like try Vitesse and then send a like angry tweet because someone, something didn't work correctly. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so maybe like in a few years, like, or even less, but I think that at this point is, it's important to leave that message there. Kind of like the Google move, you know, Gmail was in beta for like 12 years, <laughs> right? It was a long time in beta and it's like, well, Hey guys, we're still in beta. It's like, Hey, it's still experimental. Don't angry tweet us. But that doesn't mean it's not like perfectly usable for people who are ready to adopt a tool so you're just you're setting expectations and you're also maybe guarding off less experienced or intrepid developers who are willing to dig in and help out maybe i think that there like what anthony mentioned about the like how it started with the close beta with the sponsors i think that that was a very interesting station it was important also because the people that joined were already this kind of crew so they got involved they were like really excited about like testing and like giving us feedback. And they actually, some of the team members are from that initial group. And then as like days went on, like we started to also invite people from the Vite ecosystem because it was very good if we had like people from Solid, from Svelte, from all the frameworks to came and check that the integration were working correctly. So that initial part, I think it was kind of important to like even get a, a more like a 
I don't know, like more time, like Anthony said, that like to cook it more slowly at that initial months, let's say, of the test. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Sentry. Build better software faster, diagnose, fix, and optimize the performance of your code. Over 1 million developers and 68,000 organizations already use Sentry. That number includes us. Here's the absolute easiest way to try Sentry right now. You don't have to do anything. Just go to try.sentry-demo.com. That is an open sandbox with data that refreshes every time you refresh or every 10 minutes, something like that. But long story short, that's the easiest way to try Sentry right now. No installation, no whatsoever. That dashboard is the exact dashboard we see every time we log into Sentry. And of course, our listeners get a deal. They get the team plan for free for three months. All you got to do is go to Sentry.io and use the code changelog when you sign up. Again, Sentry.io and use the code changelog. So thinking about VTest, like I want to contrast it a little bit to another popular testing framework like Jest and kind of understand some of the differences and some of the the similarities. Like, is it pretty close to out of the box um, supporting like a lot of the same features, maybe in different ways, but like, is there anything that you'll miss from Jest or that you get as an added benefit in VTest? Yeah, I think for the design of VTest is like heavily inspired by Jest, so mm-hmm. me personally, like I'm like really enjoying work uh, using Jest. So it's just like a little bit like some like pain points that we had and we cannot solve it with at that times so, or like we cannot like confidently like provide user to have a, a tool for us to work with it. And like one of the features that I kind of want most that's other other than Jest is the snapshot. Mm-hmm. So Jest snapshot is really great. So so for people like me, it's like I'm kind of like a re- really lazy guy. So I would like to write only the input, but not the output. I want the program to automate it for you, for me. And then like I can check if the result is good, and then like I can commit it. At that time, that's just this lack of the ESM support. Like people, some of people like migrate back to mockup or for other test runners. But so then I can lose the the capability of using snapshot. Mm-hmm. So this is the first thing that I kind of consider to have it inside of a VDS. So at the initially, like I just putting libraries, already mutual libraries together and then like form with some like integrations. So I brought up the just-snapshot package and I brought the the Kai and then like the Signal to have um, like integration to them. So then I kind of starting to migrate the test for view use from Jest. So as a process of dog footing to see that what is lacking. So then I see, okay, the, the interface of the expat from, from Chai is not really similar to Jest. So like it would be like expected something to dot B and then like you have uh, the result in it. But in Jest, you have like two equals or like to B. 
Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a subtle difference. But like, if you have a large code base, you have to replace all. And some of them that is not like really replaceable, like find and replace. You, some of them you cannot do it. So I kind of think that maybe we, I can just create a new utility functions that just rename the function to bound to that instance. So I kind of starting with some basic APIs that to match with the just API. So I don't need to change my testing code base that much. So I have a file called just compat in our code base and put in, I think there are only five or six functions and I just leave there. So it seems like that's kind of all I need. So then I contributors comes in and then like to like fulfill all the, I don't know how many, but like maybe fifties. So those APIs to match with the, the jest. So that would be really great. So like mm-hmm. that also be the one of the, the great things in open source that like people can contribute and improve oh, yeah. the software or like, so like you can have focus on different things. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Another question that I had was it kind of dives into the the weeds a little bit of like the way that that you traditionally run code before V and then like with with V. Am I understanding correctly that V is using like more native ES modules and like that's one of the big differences in in the way that it's doing its building and bundling? Yeah. Like during build, you can think of it as like an opinionated rollup setup. So that is like kind of like the traditional battle tested setup. Mm-hmm. But during dev, you like we don't bundle anything. Okay. We just start the server and the browser is going to start requesting first the index HTML and from there, like all the files. And Vite is a kind of a smart server that is going to automatically transpile your TypeScript, like JSX, and give something that the browser can actually consume. Right. And as you said, like for that is using ESM modules directly natively. Yeah. Okay. So I guess one of the the questions that I have, and this comes up for me personally, because I, w- whether we should or not, we rely on mocking in some pieces of our app for testing and specifically like module mocking. Is that something that you can do with VTest? Yeah. We already support it. Oh, nice. Yeah. The answer is yes. It's actually like made by the team members, uh, Vladimir. So he contributed a lot on the mocking side and nice. he working with the Homad to, to create uh, several projects. Like uh, one is called Tiny Spy and one is called Tiny Pool. So for us to like integrate, yeah, I think that that would be really great. So like our team members providing some package for us to, yeah. to make VDS also better. Nick, give us a, an example of in your test suite when you would do module mocking and, and when it's useful. I'm not here to pick on you. I also mock things, so it's not. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I think it's a pragmatism and you know all things in moderation. So you can definitely shoot yourself in the foot, but there's got to be reasons why it's useful. What? When do you guys do it? Mm-hmm. So an immediate example that comes to mind right now. We're actually doing a lot with X state. So we have some components that are using like the the use actor hook. This is a React project, by the way, but it's using that to get access to the instance of the XState machine. And then it's querying its context and its state values to determine how to render the component. In the tests, we kind of short-circuited that. And instead of like setting up the state machine and getting it into a particular state to like test everything, we just mock the use actor and have it return, you know, the exact state that we want it to be in for that test and the exact context that it has mm. and things like that. And so, yeah, that re- requires us right now effectively doing like just.mock x state, and then we return 
like a mock function for use actor that returns exactly what we want. And I was curious how, like, not to dive too deep into the the weeds of it, but like, if it's using more like a native modules, like, is that something that you can get into and do that runtime replacement of when I import this, actually give me this? Okay. So actually, like, it's a little bit complex. Things, things like the resolving uh-huh. in Vite is different from Node. So things like in Vite is, is targeting browsers. So like everything is written from, every import is, is rewritten into some URL. Mm-hmm. So like in VDS, we're trying to like mimic this behavior. So like all the plugins can work exactly the same. So we will rewrite your import. And then like to do some sort of transformations from Vite. So for example, like since Vite supports TypeScript, like JSX, TSX, out of box by ESBuild. So VDS is also do. So like if you import a TS file, so we will send that files to Vite to transpile it mm-hmm. and then like to run the code inside of Node. And then like in that file, every import will be also like proxy to Vite to also like run that. So we have some sort of like externalization strategies. So like for some dependencies, we don't transform it. We just use the native ESM to import it. So in node modules, you don't expect it, like plugins to transform it. So we can just do that for performance. Very cool. So most of the Jest things there, of course, Jest expect compatible API. So very familiar to you if you have used Jest or using Jest now. You have Jest Snapshot, like you mentioned, TinySpy you mentioned. It really feels like a batteries included kind of a setup even the built-in mocking, stubbing, and spies. Is that kind of stuff like very opinionated in terms of when you use VTest, you're going to use these things? Or is it like, here's what we have set up for you to use, but if you don't like Tiny Spy, swap in your own mocking library. Or if you don't like just style tests, you like more unit test style, then swap in other things. Is it swappable or is it opinionated or both? I think some of them are opinionates and some of us are available. So for example, like for environment, you can use just DOM or like there's an alternative called happy DOM, which, which I think is smaller and performant compared to just DOM. So like you can, you can choose. And also like we don't have the global import. So like for example, like in just, if you install just, you have it or like described everywhere. So we disable that by default. So like you, you are in, is import that, that kind of the functions from VDS especially. But like we also have the options that called globals. You can just call globals too to enable this to have the same behavior as just. And I think one thing that I would like to mention a bit like, is that things like we are using VIT and with VIT we know the module graph of all the your project and your dependencies. So we can actually to see that, okay, if you change these source files, we, we know that how many tests is linked to this source file. So we can do like smart auto, okay, like smart watch mode, I guess. So it will be a little bit like the HMR, but for tests. So like when you change the source code, we know that's how, which test should be wrong. So like we run them instantly. And things like VIT is on demand. We don't bundle your code. So with that, we only, just really transform the, the source code you change. Everything else is stay the same. So it will be like really fast. And we made this by default. So if you run the test, it will run all your tests 
once and then it will enter the the watch mode. It'll be like when you start up with the test or like VIT, it will fire up server and the, the, the your console will hands and then point out the the comes the log of it. And we we do a small trick is that we will check if if it is running in the CI. So you can have the same command. If it's running the CI, it will just run the code and return the results with the the process code. But like if you, if you are dead, so like if you are in, in a terminal, you type it and it's the terminal is interactive. We will enter the watch mode. Nice. One thing there that I think that is like a massive advantage of of the test. This thing that Anthony is is telling about HMR that is extremely fast because of how it works. And the feedback loop that it enables is really amazing to develop. In the same way that when you change, I don't know, you change some colors, you can change it with like the slide and you see it, how it is applied. If you have autosave on in Vid, you can like do that and you will have the same feeling as you have in the DevTools. So for test, this also kind of applies mm. and you will have like the, the feedback right there. Later, like... There could be work to integrate this more with like Visual Studio Code or your IDE. So like in the same way that you have TypeScript errors and your lint errors, and you should have your test errors right there as you code. Kind of like a Wallaby kind of experience. So I think this is this is really important and is part of the same philosophy that Vit is is going for. That's super cool. That would be really nice. <laughs> Shut up and take our money. <laughs> yeah it's open source yeah i know it is. It's, <laughs> it's a meme it's a meme an old one apparently so what i think is cool about this and the tech of course is i like how the veet team came together and said like what is missing from this ecosystem and vtest was the obvious thing that you all decided like okay this is a thing that is worth us investing in a first party official what have you from the core team solution to this particular thing. Are there any other areas in the world of what Veet's trying to do that are currently lacking where it's like, okay, next up we are going to work on, now that Vtest is done, quote unquote done, is there anything else where it's like pretty clear that the Veet team wants to invest in another project of this similar scale that's currently missing? I don't think that we should give Anthony more ideas until Vitesse is ready for <laughs> taking out that message. Okay, okay, fair. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like there are there are efforts like like Vidbook. A storybook is also working on that. So maybe a storybook will maybe start working on Vit. Mm. Cypress started to like use Vit a lot, and so like I don't think that the Vit team is the one that has to complete all these pieces. Sure, this. In particular, as Anthony said, was really hurting adoption because it was kind of one of the main pain points that when people ask it, we, we didn't have an answer. So in light of that, why not build it right in? In Vite? Right in the Vite. You got Vite, you got a full test suite runner right there inside of Vite. The thing is that the philosophy of Vite is trying to be a small core and then in, uh, have a like, powerful plugin system like based on Rollup. So the ecosystem can do this kind of stuff that we are the ones doing it, but like it could have been others. I think that that is important because like maintaining Vit already is a lot of work. And if Vit core starts to take more responsibilities, it's maybe it's going to become unmaintainable. Fair enough. I could argue both sides. I think that's fair. That's definitely fair. 
Anything else on VTest specifically before I change subjects on you guys? Yeah, I just want to mention is that so we are not recommended to use it. It turns out like there's a lot of people kind of using it or like migrate <laughs> from just regarding it. Right. I'm hoping to ignore that error pretty quick here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or not error, that message on the site. <laughs> wink, wink. And so like at this so far that from the feedback we see on Twitch or like in discussions, like most of people like getting quite a lot of like performance boost and also... Okay, yeah. Also, like, I think currently, like, uh, Vue just switched the default version to 3, and also there's a new create Vue command. So it now has a VDES preset, which is great. So, like, if you do the create Vue, NPM, I think it's NPM create Vue, right? NPM init Vue, and then, like, you can have a pop-up to select, okay, if you want to use VDES. And yeah, I also see that quite a lot of projects is already using VDES to, to testing. We have a list in our website. Yeah. To also things that like things like uh, Cypress, for example, is starting to also recommend uh, VTest because it plays nicely with their story of like using Cypress for like browser testing and then like VTest for like node testing. Also like circling back to the beginning of the discussion about the state of Shayes, like these surveys, we have to take it with a great mm-hmm. salt, but VTest was in the top of the interest chart. So that was kind of nice to see. Lots of interest. Well, I mean, from the view and Vite core team and community out to the world, it's just been like high quality project one after the next. So, I mean, congrats to all you all for all the work you guys are putting into these things. And it makes sense why people are writing your names into, you know, state of JS and people are interested in VTest and in V because <laughs> it's really cool the work product that comes from these teams. So I guess congrats to the entire community and to you two in particular for all your hard work because it's really paying off and I would say that the open source community really appreciates it. Hey there, it's Jared again. Have you heard about Changelog++? It's our membership program. You can join to directly support our work on GoTime. As a thanks for your support, we hook you up with an ad-free feed, discounts on merch, plus some bonuses like extended episodes. Sign up today at changelog.com slash plus plus. Next up, let's talk about slide dev. Now, this topic was actually requested. Let me give a shout out to Adam Young, who requested to have you on the show, Anthony, to talk about slide dev. He says, it's an interesting app of web tech that I've never seen before. So this is presentations for developers. You want to give us the skinny on this project of yours? Okay. I think this project comes from my kind of like excuse to escaping from preparing slides. So, <laughs> so you know, you know, like preparing slides is, is really a like hard experience. Yeah. Every developer presenter has that pain. Totally. Yeah. So as a developers, you will have, you will have like code in, in your slides and something that the code might be a little bit long and you want to emphasize, like highlight some of the lines when you are talking and the highlight should move or like something else. So I tried PowerPoint and Keynote 
and also Google Slides. And I think they are kind of good to like making slides, but like not very good for developers for some reasons. <laughs> so for example, like if you want to highlight your code, you cannot do that inside of either of these software. So you will need to either make it as an image. So like you can as a snapshot or like, I don't know. So, or like there's a, some service to highlight your code with like inline styles of them. So you can paste them inside of Excel notes, but then like it comes to the highlighting. So at that time, I kind of find a trick to like have a, have a square of the a little bit semi-transparent white so that hover onto your code, it, you, so your code will become fade. So I will have two blocks inside of it. So like I have a little gap. So at that gap, that code will be highlighted. So when I want to animate, I can move up those two blocks up and down. So like I can highlight my code. But you know that that could be like really time consuming. And if you want to change your code, you have to do all the process over again. That's kind of my experience when preparing I think tech related slides. And I think after two or three slides or talks at the third times, I kind of think, okay, maybe I can, I can make, make one using the web technologies, things like that's what I'm kind of familiar with. So I can style with CSS. So like I can animate them using code, using JavaScript, right? So I kind of like trying to mess up with the vid and use the markdown to present the contents of the slides. And I think that that's kind of where the prototype from. So then like, even though like I use these tools and the life is getting easier, but like creating content is still like a painful process. So when I like kind of being like tired to preparing a note, I, okay, I, so I will like go back to the, to the code of the slide there to like adding more feature to it. So something like that. So then I kind of add the, the features I want to record the, the slides and also my face. And sometimes like some of the, the conference ask you to like recording them separately. So you have to record your, your face and slides separately. And that could be a bit like hard to configure. Like how do you do that? Mm-hmm. I still don't find a proper way to do. All I know is that, okay, I have a, I have a really wide recording screen and one is like, my camera and once my screen and then I will do the uh, processing to cop one video into two, something like that. So I kind of search for the web APIs to involve with the cameras and the mic. And then I made the features that you can record your screen and face separately or like together, whatever you want inside of the SlideDev web app. So that's kind of the story. So like some more talk I do maybe the more features slide they will get. That's the move. <laughs> Everybody has to invite Anthony to, to keynote at their conference. And so he just line him up with talks. And so we would just watch slide dev get better and better. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Please don't. <laughs> well, it's the kind of tool that speaks directly to its audience. It's for developers. You land on the homepage. We should talk about your caution tape because you also do that here. I think it's a a move of yours and saying, please, it's in heavy development, experimental, warning, warning. You do not actually want to use this, which maybe that's some reverse psychology. It makes us all want to use it even more. We're like, hmm, I'm not supposed to use this. I'm totally going to try it. But the fact that it's just marked down right there and the separation of the content from the design, because we get so bogged down, like you said, when you're building these slide decks and you're trying to present your content, you're like, thinking about what it looks like as well as what you're saying 
and it just becomes onerous to produce that. But when you can separate them and easily, you know, borrow some people's themes, you know, just swap them in, change the themes, and then like write your content in Markdown, which is what we're used to writing documentation and blog posts and darn near our notes and our to-dos, darn near everything at this point is written in Markdown. Mm-hmm. Very attractive proposition. I think this is a tool that speaks to developers, speaks to me at least. Nick, Paytac, agree? 100%. I have been in the same boat where I, I can't stand <laughs> trying to get code to look right in Keynote and I don't want to do that and I am so familiar with Markdown and just love writing everything in Markdown if I can. Yeah. And this is just the perfect way to to bridge that and just have it going. I've used tools like this before, including some that will like present directly in Vim. Ah. Uh, so I don't ever have to leave Vim. That's really cool. Like being able to, to just parse that out into individual slides and then go back and forth. But this obviously does so much more, including the ability to actually run code. Right. That is, is pretty cool. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Oh, so like at that times I'm trying to, to do a presentations for, for view composition API. So like one of the core features of view is the reactivity. So you basically like maintain the relationship of your data. So like you can, of your state, I guess. So like uh, when you change some, some of the states, your, your view will change. And also like you can have some sort of like computed properties. So one properties or like one state is relying on other states. So like once you update the state, the computed uh, will be changed. So this way you have a single source of choose. So when I want to like present it in a reactive way, so I kind of think, okay, maybe I can use ThinkFlag is already a, a view app. VDES is built on, on top of view three. So I can use view components inside of it to do some like interactive. So like when I talk about these slides, I can click that buttons and maybe it, the number will bump to one or two or like it will change some behavior or like layouting thing. So this one, I can make the, the slide like really interesting or like to like more expressive to what I'm trying to talk. And also like, this is what you got. We'll actually do it yourself to like create an app. So I can have part of your app or like part of the result inside of my slides. So which I think is great. And I also like one cool thing is that I could deploy the, the slides into some web, into a website. Mm-hmm. So the audience could like to try that, try out themselves. So I can have a playground and you can see what, what your input would input would would affect the result. So many features. Export to PDF, PNG, you can export it to a single page app, like you said, record the presentation, presenter mode, drawing and annotations, editor integrations. You must do a lot of talks, man, because you got lots of features in this sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask about presenter mode. How does that work? Presumably you can have the presenter running on like one screen maybe and then in another browser window have the the presentation view are they kept in sync is that and how how does that tech work basically like at the the core of it it uses a web socket to like do the hot re- replacement to uh, notify the client that which module is changed and what components usually reload nice. so basically I, I kind of reuse that web socket to like share between two instances of the web so actually like when you open up the presenter mode it will be actually the same as your your presenter, but like with a flag away, so like I can change the view differently. So with that, it will connect back to the server, and the server will pass this message to to the slides. So mm-hmm. when you press 
next slides inside of a presenter. It will like basically like sync between two incidents. So with the web tag, so like you can actually like have it on your phone. So if you can expose this service to your local network, you can connect it inside your phone. So like you can use your phone to control your slides on your computer. Nice. Ah. <laughs> That's cool. That is cool. One thing there about like as a user, like that presenter mode was amazing to give a, a talk. Like it makes things so simple. Like you have all the notes there already. You can put the camera mode. You can like it was like I did a recording and like it, it was so easy to do it with, with it. So that's an amazing feature of the slide deck. Well, and a open source project, like all of these things, and a way to get involved on this one, it looks like there are some official themes and some community themes. But if you have a design eye or if you want to practice your CSS skills, it sounds like a fun place to get involved would be to submit and create themes because once they are out there and usable, you know, that's it's so easy to swap in between and pick your favorite theme. It sounds like a great way to get involved. Is there any other things that you're looking for with regards to slide dev and community support? I think like people are already helping a lot. But like for me, it was actually like the project that I made for myself. And then like since it's in open source and I think it's good to like open source it and then people might use it. Mm -hmm. So and also like people contribute a lot of new things or features or bug fixes to it. So basically like in current stage I would think it would be into maintenance mode, I think. So basically, like, you'll see me, like, back to working on it when I'm starting to prepare another talk. So, like... <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> luckily, I have no, no, no talk currently. Conference-driven development. Conference-driven development. Okay, so it's pretty much done. Yeah. Still experimental, according to the website, but pretty much done. <laughs> and uh, may have some new features, but not really looking for heavy development support. Themes would be cool, but it's kind of a thing that you did yourself in, in open source. One last question for you. Coming in from the audience, Danny Felice asks, how can you be so productive? Does Antfu7 have a dozen developers committing to his account? <laughs> Tell us some mm. of your secrets, because you're prolific at this point. <laughs> how are you so productive? I don't know. Maybe I can split into multiple ones. <laughs> That's also my theory. That's also my theory. All right. For me, I'm the number seven of the Anthony. So maybe maybe <laughs> next time you will see the other one. Ah, so like multiplicity. <laughs> That's why you keep dropping. It's a different one. There we go. <laughs> okay. So like back to seriously, like I'm just like really, really enjoying working on things and I think there there's a lot of like different sources that drive me into it. So for example, like my sponsor to supporting my work and people on trade, like they are liking my work or having thanks to me yeah. or like thanks emails or have like some sort of events. And also like I kind of really enjoy doing things and to like to like explore that something that there isn't there before. So I, I would like to see, okay, this one plus this one, what would be the combinations? And I think that's that sort of thing. So I think that that's kind of the, the thing that keeps me doing it. So regarding of the like maintaining so those projects, I think the main reason is that I have a like very great community behind. So like people are helping me out. So for VDS that we have a six member teams that I actually like I have a week of holidays that the, the projects keep running very fast. So like the members are still maintaining the request and the issue and do the release. So I think similar to other projects like we used, we have I can I think it's ten ish members and we have many, many functions 
and also like many people to like contribute to new function to it. So I think that that's it. So like basically like I think that's how like open source make me like really enjoy working. Mm-hmm. Well, we're surely enjoying you working on it as well because mm-hmm. all of the fruits of your labor are enjoyed by many people in the community to the both of you. I think these are really cool projects. Sly Dev, check it out. SLI.dev. Vtest lives at Vtest.dev. Of course, all the links to all the things as well as where you can hook up with Paytac and Anthony on the internet will be in our show notes. They both do open source. They're both sponsorable. So if you want more cool things from these two, definitely consider sponsorship as well. Fellas, any final words, Paytac, Anthony, before we call it a show? Thanks a lot for, for the invite. Like it was, uh, it was great. And uh, I think that, like as Evan said, like you have to try it. So try the test and like feel what the difference. Nick, anything to say before we hang up? I would echo that. That's been my experience, and you will be blown away by how fast how fast your dev environment can be, and your builds can be, and your tests can be, and your tests. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and just want to thank everybody. So yeah, I think that's a great discussions. Well, we really enjoyed it. Appreciate you guys spending time with us. Thanks again to Adam Young for requesting this episode. We do take requests, just like any good wedding DJ does. So head to jsparty.fm slash request and let us know what you want to hear about on the pod. That is the best way for us to directly serve the audience by doing the shows that you all request. So we are happy to do that. We appreciate good ideas for shows. We appreciate all to all of our live listeners. This has been JS Party. I have been Jared Santo. We'll talk to you all next week. All right, that is our show for this week. Are you digging what the V-Test team is up to? Thinking about giving SlyDev a try? Let us know in the comments. Just pop open your show notes, click the Discuss on Changelog News link, and you're off to the races. If this is your first time listening, subscribe now at jsparty.fm or simply search for JS Party in your favorite podcast app. We're in there. If you're a longtime listener, we'd love for you to share the show with your friends. It is the best way you can support us. Yes, we have Changelog++, and it's an awesome way for you to get extended episodes and ad-free feed and all that. But the best thing you can do is tell other people to give JS Party a listen. We appreciate it. Thanks again to Fastly for having our CDN back, to Breakmaster Cylinder for the beats, and to you for listening. We appreciate you spending time with us. Next up on the pod, Kent C. Dodds returns, and this time he's talking remix with K-Ball, Allie, and Divya. That's a good one. You don't want to miss it. So stay tuned. We'll have it ready for you next week. Yeah.